Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. You can visit us online 24-7 at pathtozion.com. Find us here on YouTube, subscribe, like, thumbs up, all that stuff. I don't have the fancy pop-ups and the here and the there and all this technology. We run things kind of simple around here. I kind of like it that way. You're going to see me look down over here at some equipment now and then. Don't be distracted by me. I'm trying to make sure this is still recording. As I mentioned in the last audio and video episode, the last YouTube video that we did, we have some new equipment here, a new camera, fancy lighting, this beautiful microphone, and some stuff that I'm, I'm having to periodically make sure is still working. So just track with me. I'll try to just be real smooth and kind of look away now and then. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I want to get right to it today. I want to thank you for watching and for listening. Whatever the case, I have to keep reminding myself that this audio will make it on the pathdesign.com website where it will be audio only. If that's your preference, you can find almost two years worth of content there. Um, I don't know how many episodes we have quite a few. The whole first year, we didn't even have a name for the podcast. It was just me turning on a recorder. Hey, how you doing? It's progressed, and I'm very thankful for where we are today, for all of this stuff that is fancy to me. And uh, most importantly, I'm thankful that you're tuning in to watch this video and then listen to this audio episode here at Path to Zion. Now listen, we're going to shift gears big time today. When I'm recording this, for me, it's it's kind of late. Normally, I do my podcast in the morning. If I'm doing studies, teachings, that sort of thing, it's stuff I've been working on for days or weeks, or it's commentary that if it's just audio edition, I'm driving along with a handheld recorder safely with my other hand on the wheel, driving in my truck. Now, this is very different tonight in many ways. Number one, it's late. Number two, I don't really want to do this topic. And number three, we're going to talk about some things that are very abnormal for the program here. Very out of the ordinary. Extremely out of the ordinary. And we're going to talk about something that like, I really don't enjoy talking about at all. Now, why would I do that then? Well, I feel compelled that I should. I feel like as a responsible follower of Yeshua Messiah, Jesus, here in the year 2020, that for whatever reason I have a vantage point that's just a little bit odd, a little bit rare, and as I'm always talking about on this broadcast, I feel a function to come and be a middleman, to be a, a bridge builder, to be somebody who says, you know what, I see here, and I see here, how in the world can we get to a middle ground reality? Not a, not a wishy-washy gray area where there's no black and there's no white and there's no parameters and there's no boundaries and there's no distinction and all these things. That, you know, People tend to get a little bit nervous with middle ground. But to rightly explain what I mean when I say middle ground, I mean, as I'm always talking about on this broadcast, for whatever reason I see with regularity within the church, within culture, within this nation, within the patterns of the world, extremes. And extremes govern most of humanity. 
you've got the the this and the that and there's no intersection there's no overlapping there's no tolerance there's no willingness to listen and in dialogue in in self-control and in humility it's just a whole lot of back and forth bickering and so Tonight, I'm going to stick my toe into a little bit of a sea of something I just don't like. Politics. Oh, the P word. I don't like it. I stay out of it. I have many thoughts, opinions, convictions, deep-seated now. But I try to stay out of it for the most part because people get so quickly volatile. I mean, they go crazy. They, they lose their minds when you start challenging their political party preference, why they endorse a candidate, why they fall left or they fall right, and my great-great-grandfather and my whole generational heritage were Democrats, and that's what I am. I'm going to be it to my grave. And, well, I'm a Republican, and, you know, I grew up watching Ronald Reagan in movies, and then I voted for him, and he said all these awesome quotations. And if we don't do the the Republican agenda, the whole the whole world <laughs> will fall and crumble to pieces into socialism. And you have these just emotion fueled, angst driven sides and extremes that never seem to rightly come together and talk. And listen, most importantly, listen. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to just put out there, please, to listen to what I'm going to say tonight. I will admit, this is kind of heavy on one side. Why? Well, because I don't call myself a Christian. I'm not a Christian because I don't agree with what most of Christianity projects and says and, and sides with and kind of the way she carries herself in culture, in the world, in this nation, America, where I live, I don't really, I don't really ascribe to a lot of what Christianity says and their doctrinal beliefs even. And so I don't call myself Christian, but from a broad spectrum, for many non-believers, the secular world, I would be deemed Christian. I believe in the Bible. I try to live according to the commands of Yahweh God. I try to walk in the path of Yeshua Messiah, Jesus. I try to do what he did. I, I want to live according to not just principles and morals and good patriotic Christian American things. No, that's just so minimal and small and easily attainable. I want to be holy, distinct, set apart, consecrated, righteous in the eyes of God, not according to worldly patterns within national governments, okay? But all that being said, I'm nobody. I'm no one. I don't have prophetic visions to share with you. I don't have the word of the Lord for the election that is going to happen here in, in two days. Um, all, all I want to do, I feel compelled, and I don't even want to do it. I've gone here before in measure, in person, in groups, in audio podcasts a little bit. This doesn't gain you friends. This doesn't gain you comrades in life. When you when you look someone in the eye, and this is easy. I mean, I'm just looking at equipment, but I would do the same looking at you eye to eye. I would do the same if given the opportunity. I would say, I want to ask some questions. I want to ask you some questions about 
why you believe what you do and why you speak the things that you do. Now, primarily tonight, that being said, 99% of the people that are going to watch this and listen to this and already listen to my podcast are going to be defined as Christians. A lot of them, evangelical Christian Americans. There's no way around that. That's a broad category. I don't consider myself within that vein of people, but I understand that's been and probably will forever be the majority of my audience and the majority of Christianity as a whole would fall into that category. But I read articles, I hear conversations, I don't have television so I don't watch news, but I do at times, I've really scaled back the last 30 days because we're leading up to the election and everything is just good dog, bad dog, and so I just kind of unplug and just, ah, I don't even want to hear it. It just taints my mind. But I still hear just enough. You can skim headlines and get the gist. Most of it's just bad-mouthing and degrading and pointing out faults and flaws and errors and lies and lies and fake news, fake news, as if, as if there's fake news and real news here in 2020, as if there is a real news source, which, of course, we could spend two episodes on explaining the the irrational thinking behind that. But of course, we're not going to analyze news programs tonight. But but what I want to talk about primarily, this is going to be to you, Christian American, evangelical Christianity. Now, I know I will have some friends probably from my past that might kind of tune in and see what Joel has to say. Um, and I'm not, I'm not on your side either. I'm not I'm not on a side other than the side of Yahweh Elohim. I want to be on the side of my father. I want to see from his vantage point. I want to look through his eyes. I want to hear through his ears. I want to say and and hear and absorb what the Spirit is saying right now. Not to America. Not to my state. Not to this political election alone. I mean, that is, we do realize, can I bring that in? That is so minuscule. So many of these prophetic words and dreams and visions that all these prophets are having seem to insinuate that Hasatan, Satan, the devil, has stopped every activity on the entire earth and in the heavenlies to attack President Trump. Everything else is abandoned. All of evil is set against One man, a political figure in a small juvenile nation, juvenile in the sense of age, young nation, that somehow the entire world revolves around. And that's really what I want to speak to for the next few moments. I don't know how long this is going to be. I've got some stuff written out. It's primarily scripture that I just want to put into your train of thought. That's all I want to do. I have no interest anymore at 47 years of age, to just offend people and ruffle your feathers and I want to be heard. No, I don't need to be heard. I'm fine by myself, dialoguing with my wife, a few handful of believers. Many people who are non-believers will talk about it. It's ironic. But believers, don't you touch it. Don't you touch my political side. Don't touch that. That's kind of off limits. We don't talk about that much. It's just presumed, or you're you're in, right? You're in 
my side. You're in the Republican side. You are Christian now, right? <laughs> and well, and if you're not, if you don't fit this criteria, now I got nothing to say to you. Get out. I was told that mere weeks ago. If you don't like it here, get out. I mean, like, after maybe a minute of dialogue. Look, brother, if you don't like it here, how about you just leave? Oh, my gosh. How do we get there so quickly? We're so worked up already that, like, that stuff just boils to the surface in milliseconds. It's very alarming for a people who claim to walk in the way of the Son of God, and keep His commands and walk as a self-controlled mature man, guided and directed by the Spirit, Christian. <laughs> we do know that that's what Christian means, right? A follower of Christ. Boom! Anger, wrath, get out of here if you don't like what I'm saying. If you don't like it here, you leave. Whoa! Can we just backpedal for a second and calm down and... Whew! We're okay. Everything's okay. We're grown adults. We're grown adults. Oh my gosh. We could disagree and survive. Live. Have a conversation over a cup of coffee and disagree. We're going to disagree in the next few moments. I'll make that very clear. So if you don't want to disagree, if you don't want to hear an alternative opinion, just shut it off now and go find another prophetic word that says Trump is in for four years, blessing, favor, grace, mercy, riches, wealth. It's all coming to America. You can have that message by the millions on YouTube. Now, there are some Christian leaders that have come out in the last few days with some stuff that like has made me sit back and go, wow, there are some people thinking above just this surface level simplicity that says Trump wins, good things happen. Surely God wants good things to happen, so Trump wins. And it's kind of like this simple mathematics that is very concerning to me instead of saying, God, we want to know your heart. We want to know what you want. Well, why would God want abortion? in this nation. Well, of course he doesn't want abortion, nor does he want all these other things we're going to talk about for a little bit. And that's the key to this, is a balanced, fair perspective that's from the Father and not from this mere natural Christian American right-wing shallowness. It's shallow. It's not real deep. There's not much substance to it. And so I'm just going to submit my vantage point. And like, look, this is, again, there are a million YouTube channels right now you can go watch if you do not want to be offended or challenged. That's fine. But if there is one, if there's two, if there's a handful of people who are just willing to say, you know what, I'm going to listen to what this guy's saying because you know what, I'm full of error. I'm full of error, me. Me, I'm full of error. I have error all in here. I need someone to say, hey, have you looked at this over here? Have you thought about this? I'm willing to think about it, okay? So I just want to invite you to do that. But much of, much of what I see in this political arena 
from the seat that I sit in and I look down on occasion upon this coliseum of, of activity is a whole bunch of grown-up political versions of, of he pushed me first. We have jab and another jab and another jab and another jab. And I realize this has been politics forever. It's the American way. You just pick a side, disagree, divide, and we move forward in this one nation under God. United States. <laughs> if you haven't heard me talk about the mystery of the verbiage of United States... Go back to a Freedom and Liberty series that I recorded back in July of 2019. I talk about biblical freedom and how ironic it is that here in America we don't live like we're free biblically. We're free to just be who we are. Choose what you want. Do what you want. You're free now. You're in Jesus. Be free. You're in a free nation. Free for all really is what it boils down to. If we were really honest, look at the fruit of the nation. But there's a lot of hypocrisy in the church, in this political, this political sphere. A lot of hypocrisy. And again, I'm going to say this probably 150 times, but I just want to ask you in humility, would you consider what I'm saying? Would you consider what I'm saying? Just consider it. Allow it to just at least get in there. See if it finds any resonation with you. Any place where it's like, hmm. Maybe there's an ounce of truth to this. Maybe. Search your own heart. Search your own heart as we talk about and scrutinize the Christian American political view. Let's scrutinize it. I do this with everything on here. If you've never listened to the program before, we scrutinize everything. There's nothing off limits, nothing off topic here. We go through it all. I want to know truth. I want to be... First and foremost, pleasing to my Heavenly Father above every single other thing here. That's my, that's my desire. So you have all these people. Hypocrisy. We're going to set a little table of hypocrisy. Christian America is always talking about this unfair treatment of Trump. He's just an innocent guy and everybody hates him. And again, we go back to where we just were a few moments ago. It's the satanic agenda. It's the satanic agenda against this poor man. He's so innocent and lovely and wonderful. And ah, I'm gazing up at this light. He's so wonderful. And there's this, this mesmerizing aura about the way people just look at this man. It's very intriguing. And so there's this constant heavy dose of how all these bad guys are all out to ruin his name, ruin his image. That's all they care about. That's all the devil cares about in this hour is dragging his name through the dirt because he's not a politician. Although he's president of the United States. But we say that should not be the case. The president, the office of president is so powerful, so honorable. Whether you like him or not, you honor that man. That's what, that's what Christian America says, demands. But I remember when Obama was in office, I didn't see that whatsoever. I didn't see the Christian church in any way honoring the presidential office. Slander, he's a liar, his name isn't real, he's the Antichrist, he is Muslim, 
He's all these things. Fact or fiction, put that over here. I'm not talking about whether it's true or not. I'm just talking about the constant rhetoric was not honoring the office of the president in any way by the Christian church. I still see people today, grown men on Facebook, ranting about Obama's presidency and whether or not Hillary really got what she deserved. Dragging her name through the mud with delight now. Cartoons, funny jokes. But you honor leaders. You pray for your leaders. You pray for Donald Trump. I, I have been in gatherings, even recently. We pray for Trump. We pray for Pence. We pray for these godly governors. Because what? We're commanded to pray for our leaders. I've never once heard anybody lift up a prayer for Nancy Pelosi. Never one time. Lord, pour out your spirit on her. Help her. Reveal yourself to her. Bless her. Oh, no. Well, she's evil. She's evil. That's not what the verses say. We're going to get to this stuff. Again, hopefully your, your wheels are, are moving a little bit. The church just kind of looks a little bit foolish from the outside perspective, from out here. The church looks a little bit foolish. She looks juvenile. She looks very hypocritical, as we've already just mentioned. She kind of makes me cringe a little bit with her boastful rhetoric. She loves to talk about how great she is, how great her leadership is, and how horribly awful everyone else is. When you see these Trump commercials, they come across my Facebook feed, or at least they did a month or two ago when the campaigns were really starting to ramp up. And what did you see? It was an old lady. She's sitting by her phone. And uh, somebody's trying to cut. You see her door, her doorknob rattle. It's dark. She's got the news on. Fox News, I'm sure. And the room is dark and, and the doorknob starts rattling. And she's afraid. And she looks at the door. And she stares at the door. And the door begins to open, and I don't remember, but we'll go, we'll make it theatrical from here. And a masked man sticks his head in the door. And she calls 911. And, oh my gosh, she's waiting for someone to answer, and it's a recording. And basically, for summary's sake, now that you're in Joe Biden's presidency, there's no one here to answer your phone call. Please leave a message, and we'll get back to you in seven days. Well, you know the woman gets assaulted, violently murdered and killed by the bad guy. Fear. Fear. Vote for our man or everything bad's coming to you. It's going to be bad for you. And like, whether that's true or not, and not putting facts aside entirely is like, well, he wants to defund police. And all. Of course I know these factual things, but... There are some things in play that are getting into the psyche of humanity, Christian Americans, that they say, oh, I can't have the bad guy. I need the good guy. And, it, and it's just seemingly dumbed down, good guy, bad guy, with such regularity. Okay, so let's talk about this for a few minutes. We're going to read a whole bunch of Bible verses to help move out of my mere commentary into something with a little more, well, a lot more substance. Proverbs 14, verse 12. There can be a way which seems right to a person, but at its end are the ways of death. 
Okay? So do you hear what I'm saying? There are, there are ways which seem right to us, to me and to you, that may seem right, may seem good, may seem pleasant, may seem desirable, may seem like the way we're supposed to go, but at its end are the ways of death. Now we can pick apart, well, Joel, you're just grabbing a verse out, but we know much of Proverbs is these are these compiled sentences of wisdom. These compiled sentences and lines of wisdom and counsel, okay? So at the very outset, the very first verse we read, let's remember there might be ways in us that seem right. They seem right and good, but at the end, death, okay? Romans 13, 1 through 14. And let's go through these and let's talk about them just a little bit. But for the most part, we're going to let them stand for themselves. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Okay, so let's remember that. There are governing authorities for us to be subject to. There is no authority. None of these authorities here are anything but from God. Okay, so every, every authority is set in place strategically by God the Father in His sovereign hand where He knows the beginning from the end and everything in between. He is in control of all of it. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would Well, and see, we could, we could pause at all these. Well, that's why we need to get the bad guys. We're the good guys. They're the bad guys. It's not that simple. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good. You will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but for the sake of one's conscience. So this is talking about a little bit of a, a governmental function for us to acknowledge, be subject to authority. Very simple. Anyone can really understand that, but there's some complexities within there. We're not going to have time to cover all these because I've got multiple pages. But these things have been instituted by God. And here's the thing we have to understand. If Joe Biden wins on Tuesday night and he becomes the president of this nation, which I don't think he will, I don't think he has a chance in the whole wide world, but if he were to, it would be instituted by God instituted by God. Let that sink in for a minute. If this is true about President Trump and everybody, when he wins, I'll say, okay, if he wins, if he wins, this verse will be blasted on all the followers of Joe Biden. Look, you subject yourself to the authority of the governmental authority. Okay, if that is in fact true, which this is, it is also true for other authorities that are put in place, for other ones now in functions and positions and governing authorities that are not godly good people. They're not. They, too, instituted by God. Is that true or not? So we step back 
we remember constantly the sovereign plan of God, and we move forward, believing He is in absolute control of every single thing in the entire solar system and the heavens above, including this tiny little nation in this one election that comes down to two individuals out of the entire timeline of God's history with humanity. I think Yahweh God can rightly handle that situation. It's not beyond him, and things aren't going to go. It's not going to be the old lady sitting there. Do, 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 do. Okay? These nightmare scenarios, the sovereign God has instituted these authorities himself. Proverbs 29, verse 2. When the righteous increase or are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, which means when they're in power, the people groan. I put this verse in there because as I was looking at all these different scriptures, I was in Proverbs a lot yesterday and I ran across this one. Right now, are people rejoicing or are they groaning? In 2020, are people rejoicing or are they groaning? I'm just putting that out there as a question. Come with your own resolution on that. Answer it yourself. Look at 2020 and say, are the people rejoicing or are they groaning? When someone who is righteous is in authority, people rejoice. When people are groaning, a wicked ruler is in power. I'm just saying, it's a valid question. Is it not a fair question to ask where we fall as a nation now, not, well, we Christian Americans are the nation and everybody else who's grumbling and groaning and complaining is not. This is such a paradigm shift for the Christian church to get. I wish I, well, I wish I could reach through the camera and grab everyone's face and gently say, please, listen to what I'm saying. America is all of the individuals within this nation. Everyone. It is not only those who believe in the patriotic Christian American way. America is as it has always been, diverse. And this is where I go back to all the people who say that this is a godly nation founded on the, the Ten Commandments and on the Torah and all these things. And I know I'm going to lose so many people right here. But when you go back and you read all of the texts of the founding of this nation, you start reading the extra texts that aren't quite so popular. It was very clear that things such as Islam, Mohammedism it was called, was written in there as a very pleasing and acceptable religion at the founding of this nation. This was more than okay. Hey, this is America, land of the free, home of the brave. Come, come tired, come weary, come from this land, come from this land. Believe what you want. You are free here. You're free here. To what? Worship as you desire. Do what you want to do here within the confines of the law. It's the American way, friends. We forget that, I think, in this Christian culture. So far removed, all we do is have this, we have this fantasized flashback of George Washington praying under a tree in the Holy Spirit. An apple drops on his head and God speaks through him. Man, I'm telling you, it's just it's it sounds like fairy tale land when you read a lot of old documents from a vantage point that's not popular. But still history. I would just encourage us all to look into these things. I don't think we've been taught a lot of these things. Why? Let's just be honest and we'll move on. 
We want fairy tale life. We want good news. We want something that makes us feel good, makes us happy, makes us want to have Columbus Day and imagine ships coming and having beautiful meals with Indians before we slaughter them all. And, you know, all these things. We don't talk about the pagan corruption that came to this nation and integrated with the founding fathers. And many of the founding fathers, everybody knows, Masonic, esoteric, all the symbolism in the capital, all these crazy things that make no sense and almost sounds like satanic ritual. We don't talk about that. No. George Washington, man. Deist. Oh, no, no, no. I won't believe it. And that's our problem. We're not willing to dialogue and to look into things that disagree with our upbringing and our happy, picturesque imagination. We don't want truth. A lot of times, we don't want truth. Why? It assaults all of who we are, our identity. And I'm telling you, we're going to have to move on. We're getting nowhere. The problem with this is, when your identity is not solely in the Messiah, and in your, when you are here as an alien, a stranger, a sojourner, I'm passing through. This nation is not my home. I'm not pledging allegiance to here. This isn't my abode. I pledge allegiance to Yahweh. I'm in Yeshua Messiah. I'm, I, I'm not in a kingdom of men. I'm in a, oh, I'm in an unshakable kingdom. Oh my gosh. This stuff is easy to, to just kind of move to the side once we really get to the heart of matters if we're willing to talk about it. 1 Timothy 2, chapter 1, or chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. First of all, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings, and all who are in high positions, that we may lead, what? Listen, please, in light of an election that is mere days away, so that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Friends, this, this could easily right now move into a seven-part series. Christian church, Trump followers, when you have a banner flying behind your house with a Rambo body and a Trump head with an assault rifle, and no more BS blasted on it in all caps right next to your Ten Commandments sign, it makes me ill. It makes me sick. Why? This says, lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. In every way. And this is talking about for all people, for all kings, for those in high positions. You pray, you intercede, you offer thanksgiving, supplications, as you are being peaceful and quiet, godly, and here's a word you don't see or ever hear, dignified. 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 Where is dignity in this, in this political sphere? On both sides, there's no dignity. It's embarrassing. Humanity is embarrassing. It's just backbiting and slander, and you're a liar. You're No, you're a liar. And people seem, the church seems to be so engulfed in it, they themselves have blinders on and forget that we're called to be peaceful, godly, quiet, and dignified. We've got to remember these things, church. Please do these things. Please. 
in light of what's coming in a couple of days. Whether your man wins or your man loses by a landslide, landslide, can you be peaceful, quiet, godly, dignified in every way? Please, church, Titus chapter 3. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy towards your Republican brothers. No, to all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures. We ourselves were passing our days in malice and envy. We were hated by others, and we were hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by ourselves in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Friends, listen to me, please. Where are we with time? I've got to make this two parts. Titus chapter 3. Print it out. Write it on your hand. Put it on your dashboard. Put it on your laptop. Put it on your Facebook page. Put it on your cell phone. Be submissive. Be obedient. Be ready for every good work. Speak evil of no one. Avoid quarreling. Be gentle. Show perfect courtesy towards all people. I'm saying, friends, can we do that? Can we do that? Can the Christian church of 2020 in this political climate and all of the division and hatred and backbiting, can we please live out the Word of God? Please. I do not see it. I do not see it. I see Trump faces with giant biceps and assault rifles, assault rifles saying, if you don't like it, get out of here. I do not see this. I don't see it. I want to see it. The church must ask, have we been changed? See, this is talking about a past tense condition. This is saying, but when, okay? So all these things were true. This was us. We ourselves were foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to passions, pleasures, malice, envy. We were hated by everyone, and we hated everyone else too. But, but, and here's my question, Christian American church, Republican Christians, I'm asking you, in gentleness and kindness, as a plead, have you got to this point being past tense? Or is it still true? Is it still true? Are you still hated by everyone? Are you hating one another? Are you full of malice and envy? Days full of malice and envy. Are you disobedient? Are you foolish? Are you still slaves to various passions and pleasures? We have to ask these questions and say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. You know, I'm going to turn off the television and stop blasting everybody else and all of their issues. Black Lives Matter, protesters, socialists, people who won't get a job, all these people. You know what? Turn it off. 
Up here. In here. Turn it off. Do what Titus says to do. Can we start there? Can we start there? So we have to ask, church, have we been changed? Us. Has this become past tense for us? Can we say we once were? Or would it be more accurate for us to say, yeah, we now are. We now are these things. Let's ask this question. We're going to come back. We're going to make this a part one. We'll do part two. It's only going to be two parts. Don't get nervous. If you made it this far, sincerely, thank you. Again, all I'm going to say what I said at the beginning. I just want to insert some questions to just say, hey, is there anyone postured to listen and to examine? Self-examine. God, see if there's any wicked way in me towards all of this nonsense in this political arena right now in 2020. Clean me up. Cleanse me. Clean hands, pure heart. Free, clear, holy. Different, man. Where are the different people? There's a whole lot of majority. It's easy. It's easy to pick a side. It's so easy to pick a side, man. Easy. Fall on one side or the other, you're in. Anyone can do it. Sure doesn't take Messiah. But I believe Yeshua is saying, hey, wisdom's calling out saying, stop picking sides, man. Stop picking sides. You hear what I'm saying? You hang out with me. Turn all that mess off. Hear what I'm saying would, would be what wisdom is saying right now. What about what I'm saying? Forget your rationale. Forget your upbringing. Forget your statement of which side you fall on. Just forget it. What am I saying? I want us to be those people. Would you consider being one of those people with me? There's not many of us. Holy cow, there's not many. You fall on one extreme or the other, right back where we started, man. This side and this side, hatred, animosity, division. Now, I'm not going to either one. I'm not falling to either one. I'm not falling for the bait of the enemy to divide and conquer anymore. I'm not. I won't do it. Will you? Consider it, please. Come back for part two. It's going to be the conclusion. You've been watching and listening to the Path to Zion podcast. Man, we're trying to rediscover the ancient way. Thank you for listening. Tune in for uh, part two right here on YouTube or go to pathdesign.com. Amen.